Recently, three men who were heavily intoxicated by drinking too much alcohol went to their hotel late in the evening. And when they got to the hotel attendant, they asked to check in. And their hotel attendant said, I have some bad news for you. The elevator is not working. And they said, oh, no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. And the attendant said, yeah, it is a big deal because you guys are on the 45th floor. And as they went forward, they're like, this was not a problem. The first one said, for the first 15 floors, I will sing happy songs, the cheapest cheered up. And the next one said, well, I'll sing the next 15 floors, 15 sad songs. And then the the next one said, well, after the the last 15 floors, I'll tell you a, a really difficult and sad story. And the the tenant said, you know, you really don't have to do that. We we think the mechanic's going to be here in about 15 minutes. And they just didn't want to listen. So as they they went forward, they went up the stairs, and the first gentleman began to sing happy songs. They stumbled up the stairs. They got to the 16th floor, and the next gentleman for the next 15 floors told sad songs, or said sad songs, and sang sad songs. And then they got to the next 15 floors, and as they were going up, they're kind of waiting, like wondering, what is this? sad story going to be. And as they got to the 45th floor, the last gentleman, the third one, said, I am so, so sorry. And they said, what? Like, what's, the, what's the sad story? What's the difficult story? I forgot the key. <laughs> and I think for a lot of us, that's the reason why we're so screwed up as Catholics, because we've forgotten the key who is the Blessed Virgin Mary, to unlocking the power of Jesus Christ. I think for a lot of us, we're trying to do this, this faith thing without community, which Mary always brings her children together around her son Jesus. And if we have a devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, who we celebrate assumed into heaven, body, blood, and soul, if we have a devotion to her, we know Jesus so much better. Because you have to think about it for a second. When it comes to the Blessed Virgin Mary, what did she do? Like, what difference does she make? Well, first of all, Mary gave flesh to God. The creator of the universe, the creator of all the stars, the creator of everything. He spoke, boom, it happened. Yeah, she had that God in her womb. Like, that should just totally blow our minds to know that she was the one who gave God flesh. She gave God a face. I think more importantly, she's the one who gave God a heart. So God could love you in Jesus with a human heart for the first time. Pope Benedict tells us that Mary is the one who gave Jesus, God, a heart. So you could be loved with a human heart for the first time. That is a big deal. But we have to know that when in her humility... When we're reading through the book of Revelation today, we hear about this great sign appeared in the sky and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet with a crown of 12 stars. What's happening here is what we're seeing is the humility of God and the humility of Mary. Mary says in our gospel, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he has looked at the lowliness, the humility of his handmaid. So the devil is pure, pure pride. I got this. I don't need Mary. I don't need Jesus. I got it all figured out. And for those of us who actually think like that, who are actually prideful, because there are some of us in here who are prideful. I've been there before. I do it sometimes still today. I think I don't need Mary's help. I think I don't need Jesus' help. And question for you when it comes to your major sins that you struggle with, 
How's that going for you when you don't, don't turn to Jesus and Mary? A lot of people tell me, oh, my sins aren't a big deal, Father. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You know, when I go to my room and I look at inappropriate stuff on the internet or when I have to go sneak little bottles of alcohol around or when I gossip, it's not a big deal. Or when I dress immodestly, it's not a big deal, Father. Not a big deal. Then I'm like, okay, well, it's not a big deal. Then just stop doing that sin. Well, I just can't do that. It's, it's, it's hard. And I'm like, exactly, because sin has power. And here in our, in, our, in our readings today, we hear about Mary going to war with sin and death. We hear about what most of us are going through in our lives. We're going through a battle right now, whether it's a battle of hopelessness or a battle of despair or a battle of transition. What's going on? And Mary is right there in the middle of it. Because in the Old Testament, we hear about this Judah. You heard about Judah in our, in our gospel today. Judah is like right next to Jerusalem. And the hill country, Mary is trekking through that hill country. And that means she's strong. And that means she has power. It means she has humility. Because instead of thinking about how can I take care of myself, she goes to serve her cousin. And she's going to, with this Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament usually had manna in it, maybe the Ten Commandments and the Staff of Aaron. And when there were battles going on in the Old Testament, they would bring the Ark of the Covenant out to fight. And now Mary is bringing the Ark of the New Covenant, who is Jesus, the new relationship, the new foundational relationship, the New Testament, in Jesus in her womb as she's going into a battle zone. And she's here to help you and I fight the good fight of faith. When we forget that you and I are called to be knights of Mary, when we're called to fight the good fight, we forget who we are as Catholic Christians. And Mary is, again, right in the middle of the battle. And if you're fighting without Mary right now, and you're fighting without Jesus, my question for you is, how is that going for you? But if you are fighting with Jesus, if you are fighting with the Blessed Virgin Mary, how is that going for you? Because it doesn't always mean it's going to be easier, but what it means is you're being faithful to the call of the gospel. We're called to be strong in Christ Jesus, not strong in ourselves. And where did Jesus get his flesh from, his strength from? Well, it was from the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I think so often she just wants you to know how much she loves you and how much her son loves you and how that is the only thing that's going to make you happy, make you joyful. That same joy that she brought when she came to her cousin Elizabeth today and John the Baptist in her womb leapt for joy. And that, 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 that leap for joy is unlike any leap you have ever heard about. In the Greek translation, it's the same words and same verbiage used for when like sheep or sheep would jump off a cliff in, and just like bounce feet upon feet upon feet depth in joy. So that means that John the Baptist is dancing now as David did in front of the Ark of the New Covenant. That means wherever Mary comes, there's going to be joy. And I wonder how many of us actually want to be joyful. I would assume if I asked you to raise your hands, you would all raise your hand. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more on fire. I want to actually know more, have more purpose. I want to fight like a knight. And in, in this battle we hear in the book of Revelation, it says, then another sign after Mary appears with a child, because again, the devil hates babies. The devil hates children. 
So then another sign appeared in the sky, and it was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadems. This is when children actually begin to enjoy the scriptures because they want a story that it has a battle in it. And here we are in the midst of it in the book of Revelation, and it says that the, the tail of that dragon swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to devour the child who, when she gave birth. And she gave birth to a son who we, we know as Jesus, the God of the universe, a male child destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. And her child, Jesus, was caught up to God and his throne. And this is where I think a lot of us need to key in. So if you get anything out of this homily, here it is for you. It says the woman who is depicted to be Mary, your mother and my mother, who is assumed into heaven, body and soul, because she was kept free from the stain of sin, it said she fled into the desert where she had a place prepared by God. The desert. I think a lot of us, if we're really honest, when we can recognize when we've been in those deserted places where there is no life, sometimes we just have to call out the words, Mary, Jesus, help me. Mary, Jesus, help me. Because what I'm doing isn't working, whether it's the desert of sins of the flesh, or whether it's the desert of despair, or it's a desert of hopelessness, or even what we see so often in our culture today, the desert of judgment, because someone was vaccinated and someone wasn't, and someone's wearing a mask and someone wasn't. Who cares? And at the end of the day, what's going to happen is Jesus is never going to talk to you about that stuff. He's going to be like, did you love one another like I commanded you? Did you honor my mother as your queen and as your mother? Did you fight the good fight of faith valiantly? And Mary teaches us how to do that. Mary teaches us how to do that. She had so much power in her womb that it literally destroyed death. And that's the mystery of what Mary brings to us because Jesus on the cross conquered death. That means when you are baptized and you are Lord and the water is poured out over you, what was happening there is you're being transferred from the hand of the evil one to the hand of God, to the kingdom of God. And you're being lowered, and that lowering signifies your death to the world. It means you're not called to live to see how much money you can make and how big of a car you can have and what kind of accolades you can have and how big your Instagram account can be. That's not what life is about. And when you were raised, you became one with Jesus. And you participated in his resurrection. And the beauty in that is it means that if you are fully converted, if you totally believe that this God has been given authority, that means you and I should not fear death. Period. And the sad thing is, or maybe the opportunity is, we have a lot of work to do on our own conversions. If you and I are fully converted, fully surrendered to Jesus and Mary, there is no fear of death. Because Jesus conquered it on the cross. And who is at the foot of the cross praying for your soul and my soul? the Blessed Virgin Mary. And who is there 50 days later when we celebrate Pentecost where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came so you could have the strength to fight the good fight? The spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit, who is there in the upper room with the apostles? Mary. 
And I just guarantee that she is just wanting you to fight valiantly and stop worrying about your death because it's been purchased on the cross. And if you're not fully converted, it's most likely that you're in the desert. The desert of despair, the desert of hopelessness, the desert of fear. And when you and I are in those places, we turn to things that are ungodly. And they don't lead us to peace. They don't lead us to joy. They lead us to lies. Lies that you're not good enough. This last time won't hurt anyone. You can never tell that person the truth. You're ugly. You're stupid. Why do you even try? And when you and I are in the desert, and Mary, who fled to the desert in our our first reading today, she comes to you with so much love and compassion because she wants to save you from the hands of the evil one and bring you into the hands of her son who loves you immensely, and he's the only one who can love you the way you were created to be loved. The first epistle of John teaches us that perfect love casts out all fear, and only God, who is Jesus, can love you perfectly. So that means when you and I turn to anyone but Jesus, that means you and I are not going to be totally happy. We're going to live in fear. And the invitation is for you and I to take a step forward towards Mary to get to Jesus because that's how Jesus came is through Mary. And she's fighting valiantly and she's wanting a lot of us to step forward with our rosaries, to step forward with our devotions to her, not be afraid to put a statue of Mary in the front of our home. To say, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the queen. I'm not ashamed of the mother of God. I'm not ashamed of the one who gave flesh to Jesus, who gave flesh to God so he could love me with a human heart. So he could love me perfectly with a human heart. And if you and I experience that love, what happens is it flows out of us into our neighbors and our actions and our deeds. But also, it makes us beat our breasts for the time that we, when we fall. Because you and I are still sinners in the midst of this. We're going to make mistakes. And we, fly, we go to the desert and we just got to call out to Mary, Jesus. Mary, Jesus. So this week, my encouragement to you, my challenge to you all, is when you find yourself in those desert moments, and most likely it's when you're watching the news because it's all despair and fear and fear-mongering, call out to Mary and Jesus. And the invitation is just these words. Just don't quit. Mary is not a quitter. She's your biggest cheerleader to come to Jesus. And in times of deep tiredness, I just get out my rosary and she just fills me more. And she teaches me how to place Jesus back at the center. So the question is, what desert are you in right now? And are you calling out to Mary and Jesus? She has been appearing more over the past 100 years than ever before. In the past 500 years, Mary has been appearing in Lourdes and in Fatima and even in our own state, in Champion. You can go visit there. And you know what people go when they go to these places where she appeared, what they experience? They experience peace. Because that's the first words that Jesus spoke in the upper room when he rose the dead and he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you, shalom. 
And if you don't have peace, it's most likely you don't have the Queen of Peace with you, who is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And when she appeared in our own state, in Champion, Wisconsin, at the Shrine of Our Lady Good Help now, she was titled Queen of Peace. And I believe that you and I need that. And all you have to do is just be real and just admit your battles before her and call out to her, Mary, Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you begin to do that now and the rest of your life, you will not fear death. Pandemic or no pandemic, you will not fear death. And look at our world that is clearly not converted because they fear death. That's the victory of the cross. That's a victory that we proclaim at every single Mass. And we have to own that. And then we have to fight for that and fight for other souls to know that love. And our bait, your bait and my bait, when we go out fishing for souls, there is no sweeter bait than the Blessed Virgin Mary. Anytime I preach about Mary, people are always happier. Anytime we sing the song Immaculate Mary or Hail Mary, Gentlewoman, whatever it is, people are just happier. Is it just that simple in all the complexities of the world that we just have to go to our mom? It is. It's that simple. So whatever complex desert you may be going through, go to Mary and Jesus. Mary will lead you to peace. She will lead you to conversion, and she will lead you out of the desert so you can go help others get out of the desert. So in essence, when you are at war, or even rescued from a war, from a desert, what you're called to do is now rescue others. So that means you and I have to be on mission because people are so scared, they're so afraid. The last words of our first reading are, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have salvation and power come the king and the kingdom of God and the authority of his anointed one. So that means that authority, that kingdom, is going to be present on this altar through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you get to receive the bread of angels. The angels and saints are here, and they're here to fight with you so you can fight valiantly. What a gift it is to have a mother who is clothed with the sun and who has the moon beneath her feet, to know that the world's problems are nothing for her. So why don't we go to Mary? The best way to do that is by just start praying the words, Mary, help me. Jesus, help me. And if you know somebody else who's in the battle, just pray those words, Mary, help this person. Jesus, help that person. It's just that simple. And our God, who is immensely amazing, is also immensely simple. So simple that he's going to make himself present on this altar. Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. And why does he do these things? He does it because he loves you. And he doesn't want to see you in the desert anymore. As much as it breaks Mary's heart, it breaks the Father's heart, it breaks Jesus' heart, it breaks the Holy Spirit's heart to see you struggling in the desert. And they just want to come get you and save you. So then you can go do the same for others. We'll take a moment of silence to pray in thanksgiving for this gift of such a great mother. And we pray for the grace to come to know that we are called to fight valiantly under the title of Mary and Jesus. Amen.